This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album four, track eight. With us today is James Lee, the CEO and co-founder of Bella Groves. James is an entrepreneur, investor, and thought leader in healthcare. He spent more than 13 years working on the elder care side of the industry, including at several of the major public companies like Emeritus and Brookdale. He has an MBA from Texas, which I'll add as an editorial here, has a great football team and therefore should not be allowed in the SEC. And he has his own podcast about healthcare leadership and a consulting group called Bearwise Consulting that we may ask him about as well. James, thanks for being with us. Bobby, that's an awesome intro. Thanks for the added note there about uh, UT joining the SEC. So today we're going to talk about your new company, Bella Groves. Can you tell us about Bella Groves? Bella Groves is our uh, dementia training and coaching company uh, here in San Antonio. And we have a 32-bed care facility here that is really acting as a hub of services that we aim to give out to the community of San Antonio. So kind of internally, we're telling ourselves that uh, we're building a safe haven for people living with dementia here in San Antonio. So I, I'm fascinated by this. Talk, talk to us a little bit about how the model works and how you developed it. Sure, yeah. So, um, you know, in, in the landscape of senior care and specifically with dementia care, uh, something that I am uh, very passionate about through that 13-year course of working in our industry you know, we see a, a common problem, and I'll bet you most people in senior living will be able to relate to this. Uh, Bobby, do you know what the average length of stay is for somebody in a dementia care community? I don't. It's, uh, if, if, if you ask around in our industry, uh, most people will tell you 18 months. Um, executive directors will probably tell you 12 months. So, you know, somewhere between 12 and 18 months is the typical length of stay for somebody in a dementia care community. Um, if you've ever known somebody that has had dementia or a or, or friend who's had dementia, people live with dementia for much, much, much longer, 15, 20 years in some cases, right? So people are getting professional help with their dementia journey in the last five to 8% of their journey. Can you think of anything else, any other chronic disease, ailment that, you know, we could think of that people are only getting help in the last 8%? No. And it's, it's one of the major issues, I would say, in U.S. healthcare about waiting for that sort of last window. Yeah. You know, dementia, I've, I've heard somebody say, say it to me this way, and I think it's a very uh, eloquent way to describe the problem. Uh, a person living with dementia feels isolated. And the people caring for that person feel lonely. And that's describing that first 92% of the journey for people before they actually get help. And that's for people who can afford to get the uh, help of a residential care, right? So the problem for most people uh, living with dementia uh, and their families is that they're doing it on their own. So Bella Groves, what we're trying to do with Bella Groves is that we are utilizing the 32-bed care facility as kind of our proof of concept to San Antonio, that we know what we're doing and that we've got a great dementia care program and a, and a care facility. But the moonshot goal is getting training, knowledge, 
dementia concierge services for people at the beginning of the journey. So uh, we're building training courses now. We're talking to businesses to get them certified in dementia so that they can become dementia-friendly businesses so that people don't feel isolated and lonely through the disease process. So, um, you know, a lot of moonshot goals here with Bella Gross, but it's a membership-based organization where people can get help from day one when they suspect dementia may be in play. How do people find out about it? Well, that's uh, you know going to be our work. That's going to be our marketing work. Um, but I, I think that's a reflection of you know earlier in the intro you mentioned. I've worked for you know, Brookdale Emeritus. I've worked for large organizations, and um, what I have progressively learned and moved to during my thirteen years in the industry is to get smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of focus. And so today, what that's brought me to is instead of thinking about how do I help change the senior living industry, which just, it feels so macro that you can excuse not making any effort, you know, towards that. <laughs> right. Um, I, th I thought, you know what, let me just focus on my town. Where do I live? Who are my neighbors? Who are the people I run into at the grocery store? Let me help them. So, you know, I think the way that people are going to find out about it is I'm not focused on anybody outside of San Antonio. So. That, that directs our focus to grassroots efforts, you know, going to talk to businesses and just being out in the community, being a participating member of our community. And what will membership in sort of this broader network look like as you get involved with people at the earlier stages of the families and the people suffering from dementia? You know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a concept of phone a friend. You know, like the that game show where you've got a couple lifelines and one of them is phone a friend uh, who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's that concept here uh, in the early stages is the delivery of our product is really a learning management platform. So we're building bite-sized training courses for people that just give them practical knowledge about what is dementia. Um, so as an example, one of the, you know, 10-minute courses that somebody might take is what is sundowning? And then we'll give you tips and advice about how to alleviate some of the conditions that lead to that. So uh, the first membership level is going to look like people logging on to uh, an LMS and getting courses uh, that are congruent to their specific journey. LMS being a learning management system? That's right. Yeah. So um, it's a direct-to-consumer LMS. Um, and within that LMS uh, system, you, you've also got the makings of uh, an actual support network. You know, in our industry, uh, people will be very familiar with putting together support groups for Alzheimer's or dementia care, um, but they always fizzle. People stop coming to them. There's not a lot of organization around it. And it really just kind of becomes a, a sales effort to get people into the community. So I think for those reasons, uh, the local in-person support groups end up not working out pre-COVID. Uh, and now that problem is even worse. So the delivery of the learning system in a uh, kind of a social media type platform where people can engage with one another, let's say you and I were both on a Louis Bodies Dementia training course through Bella Groves. And you and I kind of just connect on it and we're like, hey, let's have some offline conversations about what are you dealing with and what am I dealing with? And uh, we both took this course and here's how I've been doing it. 
it's it's a true lifeline so people can create this network of support. It sounds like it's also organic so that as you grow it out from this beginning learning management system and into the network, there are probably lots of different opportunities to build on that, some of which you're yet to discover. Absolutely. And you know that's a really great way to think about it, Bobby, is that we don't have all of the solutions in mind. We are very problems focused. As, as a company, as a small company with six people on board, what we're focused on right now in the development and launch of all of this is we, we care a lot about exploring the problem facing our customers and we're not putting much um, you know, attachment to our solutions because solutions change and solutions just, they're not very loyal to customers. So if we stick with what's the problem that they're facing, a business model and the services and features, that's all going to come if we really care about the problem. So as we close, I'd love to know, from your perspective, if you could change one thing about how we do healthcare in the U.S. right now, what would it be? Such an amazing question. And, and as a quick aside, Bobby, uh, we've included this as part of our interview question, as a variation of this for caregivers, which is if you had a magic wand, what would you care about? Sen- what would you change about senior living? So thanks for this question. Um, you know, if I could snap my fingers and change something about healthcare in the U.S., um, I would make the healthcare data just universally available and free. And I think um, that would unlock so much about what we could do um, as separate industries that kind of make up healthcare. Imagine if we as a small you know, business here in San Antonio, Texas, if we had access to data and research about um, dementia progression and behaviors, you know, imagine what we could do, how fast we could kind of jump to solutions so I think the way that, you know, Wikipedia kind of has changed the, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's killed encyclopedia businesses, but that concept that um, it's all crowdsourced information and available to people. Can you imagine what, what healthcare would do, how fast it would grow with, in terms of solutions if there was a similar mentality to data? That is a great example from Wikipedia. I'll tell you that we are big fans of the concept of digital health transformation at the podcast. And I think that is the next place that healthcare goes. It it has to be. James, thanks so much for being with us today. This has been awesome. Thanks, Bobby. This has been the 10 Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.